You are listening to Processing Trauma Out Loud, conversations about trauma and healing from two women who are doing the work. My name is Jeremiah Jones, and I'm the producer of this podcast. In today's episode, Candace and Cher give hope to those who have experienced complex childhood trauma by discussing what it means that we have glory. Though trauma often wounds us deeply, it doesn't define who we are and who we were created to be. Listen in as Candace and Cher discuss the beautiful reality of our ability to overcome the harm that trauma brings into our lives. Hi, Cher. Hey, Candace. Good to be with you. Good to be with you on this beautiful Thursday that we are recording. And the conversation before the conversation, talking about what it means that we have glory. As we process this, we realized there's so much here. Yeah. And yet I believe it's a conversation that will not only give all people hope, but especially those of us who have had complex childhood trauma. Yeah. And to know that it's worth fighting for your healing. Because there's so much more to you, to me, to our listeners than the trauma that they've experienced. Yeah. And it's it's a hard topic, right? Because if we name glory and that we carry glory and that you and I have a very solid belief that we carry glory because we are created by the living God and we carry the image mm-hmm. of God in us. Like This is our essence. This is our glory. And that along with that is also the truth that evil is real and that we do have an enemy that is seeking to mar our glory and wants us to believe that we are bad or evil or wrong or wants us to believe that we do not have glory and goodness. And so today we're just going to talk about what does this mean that we innately carry glory and that we are in a huge battle for reclaiming really what evil has stolen or tried to steal from us because of our childhood trauma. Mm -hmm. I liked what you said when we were preparing, we were talking about how much people are drawn towards movies that portray good and evil. Yeah. And you said something that I, I want to maybe see if we can talk a little bit more about with our listeners is what is it about watching a movie that we feel the intensity of wanting good to overcome, to win? And that even in these movies, we find ourselves angry or happy. But you said, and why do we weep? Yeah. Like we can watch a movie and weep at something that's happening towards someone else. Yeah. But do we believe that we also have stories? Yeah. That are worth weeping over. Yeah. And I think it's when we watch a movie and, you know, whether it's true or fiction, and we we named a few movies, like you mentioned the Liam Neeson movie, Taken, Mm -hmm. or Les Miserables, 
mm-hmm. or Lord of the Rings, Lord of the Rings, you know, even Cinderella. <laughs> the movies portray these stories of how evil wants to come in and mar glory. And then there's a battle and how we in our soul, we are cheering on good to win the day. And yet, as you said, in our own lives, it's sometimes hard to, and and how in a movie we can see this is evil, this is wrong, that is bad. But how in our lives that we have lived and the stories that we have lived and the experiences that we have endured, Mm -hmm. it is sometimes very, very hard for us to name that was evil, that was bad. I need a rescuer. I need someone to come and pull me out of this place that is devouring my soul. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's really hard to name that. And I think especially because our so much of our childhood trauma comes from our primary caregivers or people very close to us. And in order to name it as evil, we have to name that people who were put in our lives to love us and care for us and delight in us and call forth our glory actually did things that brought deep harm and have caused us to struggle our maybe our entire lives with shame and guilt and beliefs that we are anything but glorious yeah and For a child that has experienced complex developmental trauma and however that looked for them, the messages, like you said, that come are going to be, they're going to counter the true message of who God says we are. Yeah. And if we believe as we grow older, and even if we've started this healing journey, if we believe that those messages and that trauma, touched every part of us, right? It would feel fatal, Mm -hmm. but it actually didn't mar Mm -hmm. our God created image glory, our essence, our spirit. And so for a, for a child that has, we've said this over and over again, but I feel like we always want to say it because we never want a parent to think that unless they've been a perfect parent and protected their child from everything, you know, that they're a bad parent, but Unless a child, you know, if you have a child that has been raised with the language of who they are, the child grows up with the felt sense that they are glorious, that they are worthy to be delighted in, that they are a part of a family, that they play a role. And that their role is celebrated and needed and wanted. We're not talking about a child that feels like they're the only role and they're the best role or the biggest role that there's some complexity in that too. We're talking about consistent messages. What that does is create a secure connection. Yeah, Those children aren't going to grow up with the feelings that feel fatal, that there's something so fundamentally flawed with them that mm-hmm. even their own parents can't love them. Right. And yeah. that's, that's not the way it was supposed to be. 
Yeah, childhood. You said childhood is meant to be a time in our lives when we are, when our glory is protected and when we are ushered into the truth of our glory. Instead, evil enters the story, our story, and brings harm so that we instead, so that that child instead will believe the opposite. Mm -hmm. Yes. And the, you know, the question is, is how does evil enter in? Well, we can name that evil enters in through abuse, through severe neglect. It also enters in in other ways outside of the home, right? It can enter in through a car wreck or there's there's millions of different ways that evil can enter in to try to hijack our glory. Right. And so that's that's why we take the time now to hear the story, know the story, get clarity on the story mm. so that we can come more into agreement, not with what was done to us. Yeah what was maybe said to us, but who are we truly? I heard an interview recently with John O'Donohue, and he said, our biology is not our identity. Mm -hmm. And our story, our history is not our identity, that, that that we carry the essence of glory in us that surpasses our biology and our history. We've been talking a lot about this quote that I I found on my desk. I'm sorry, I don't know where I wrote it down from, but trauma does not destroy our essence. We are an epic story of glory. Yeah. Trauma does not destroy our essence. We are an epic story of glory. I just feel like in the midst of, you know, we have talked for 30 some episodes about the way that harm has entered and the way that we have encountered deep struggles, hard struggles in our lives because of childhood trauma. Like, I feel like I want to just say loud and clear, like we are an epic story of glory and that evil does not win the day. Mm -hmm. Because we are an epic story of of glory. And it's, yeah, that just feels super important to me. Mm -hmm. Well, it's the most important thing that we have to hold on to. And before, so let's just take, for instance, not only our own stories, but maybe we're working with someone who's just coming into the awareness of, I need to figure out what's going on with me. So we get into story, they begin to name the truth of their life experiences growing up. And we don't go into immediately saying, well, your story, you know, your life is an epic story of glory. Okay. Yeah. Though we know that to be true, mm-hmm. there, there is a season, there is a time and there is a journey and a process because first of all, we are continually growing and experiencing more until the day we die. It's not about a time frame, but before we can really be fascinated and awed with that, uh-huh. we we have to go down into the dark places yeah, and, and to be able to clearly see a name. And to be honest with you, if we do that... There is this growing sense of, oh my goodness, I am here for a purpose. Yeah. 
Our prefrontal cortex can grasp this truth. And it's really important that we do grasp this truth, that we are an epic story of, of glory. And yet in our limbic brain, where we carry our emotions and our experiences and our perceptions and our beliefs, we do not believe the truth that we are an epic story of glory. And that is why exactly what you said, Candace, like we have to go down into the you. We call it the you. We have to go down into the painful places and sit there for a time, analyze what's there, talk about what's there, process what's there, so that we can then be able to come up out of that with a new understanding of what is truer than what my limbic brain has always believed. Yeah. And so we know that some of us want to start at the top of the U and skip and go to the other side. Yeah, we don't yeah. want to go into that U. So, um, and I want to just say like, it's the U we're, we're literally kind of defining this as the picture of a U that we're, we're kind of going through life. We become aware of, Hey, here's something about myself that is causing anxiety or agitation or some level of dysregulation and distress. And a lot of times we want to just skip right across and be like, oh, if I do this or I do that or just believe, blah, 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 and then go on our merry way. But we're inviting a different process that we call the you, going into the you, which is going down into the dark places, like looking at the harm. I'm not sure where you were going to go with this. So I, I'll, I'll just go to that place and then I'll let you carry on, Candice. Yeah. No, no, I'm glad you defined that because that's going to make more sense with what I'm going to say. You know, we've worked with story work coaches and now we have our group. And so we we don't always know if we're going to be going into the you because it's things that get brought up that we're like, hmm. And so we ask questions and sometimes there's a story there and sometimes it'll take us down into that you. And I love the idea and I've heard other people talk about it. It's like we become midwives for the person that's going down into the you, the, the labor that it takes to work out. Wow, I just got emotional about that. There's real labor to work out old pain. Yeah. And so we are able to assist and be with, right? We're able to help people go there to as, as much as they can, not force, but then to also get a sense of helping them come back up as they're ready, not forcing them to come back up, but also having a sense of if they're getting stuck. What I wanted to say about that is there's a, I don't want to call it a method, but it really is. Until we experience it ourselves with someone who knows what they're doing and that they've done it themselves, we can't do that with someone else effectively. And I'll just highlight that we experienced this on our recording a few weeks ago in part one of Body Hatred, when we were talking and you asked me a question, when did you first notice that you hated your body? And right there, as we're, we were recording, I remembered a story and that then I was able to 
after we finished the recording and for several days, I, I, I did go down into the U and I recognized the importance of that moment in my life when I saw the photo and how I turned against my own body and how that was reinforced through my environment. And I sat there for several days. I wrote a story, which I then brought to our story group. And you helped midwife me through that. And our story group has helped midwife me. Nobody said, snap out of it. That isn't true. Your glory is the most important thing. No, instead, you helped me go deeper into what was true. What did happen? How did that feel? How is that young part of you still holding that? How is your brain still believing that there is truth there? And then as we processed it, and I, I'm not even sure I'm totally out of the you on that story yet. I feel like I'm still lingering there and I still have a lot of curiosity there, but I know I have people who are with me there and holding me there in the you and helping me process so that as I grasp and learn and and experience what is needed there, then yes, I I then emerge from that place of darkness and pain and labor and work and clarification and emerge with a new sense of awareness of my glory awareness of how evil did try to harm but i i came through it with understanding the the truth of my glory even more yeah and you just really laid out a movie it, yeah. it, it is, it is like, it. it's a battle. Yeah. An epic battle yeah. <laughs> that we go through, yeah. not alone. So when mm. we were littles, we, we went through these battles alone. Yeah. And so the plot thickens <laughs> when we're in there and we're wanting, so if we believe that the truth, if you shall know the truth and the truth will set you free, which we do believe. We do have to battle to get to the truth. Yeah. And that part of that battle is defying the the shame that wants to silence us and keep us in hiding. That for many people is a huge barrier is that having to press through and expose to others these stories of deep, deep harm and shame. Mm -hmm. And, And so part of that is allowing that person, not, not rescuing them, you're with them. They actually don't need rescued. They just need to be with you and you with them as they begin to see and hear and get clarity. Because for me, the difference was I could have people kind of like you say, tell me things. And I could put it stored in my prefrontal cortex. But until I slowed down and started going to the you, I was extracting the treasures in the darkness. Yeah. And coming up out. It is our glory to overcome battles. It mm-hmm. is our glory to be able to face the darkness and watch it flee. It is our glory to say, love freaking wins every single time. That's our glory. 
Yeah. Yeah. And, and then to come up and recognize that this place where we felt so much shame and felt compelled to hide when we go through the, the process and we emerge and we recognize our glory, like we have a deeper sense of knowing that we are delightful. Mm-hmm. that we carry purpose and meaning and goodness that is to be celebrated and that is celebrated when we have people who will go through the you with us and who will allow us to go through the you. Yeah. And I want to say it leaves a sense of, I want to say a grateful pride, like you, you begin to feel proud of yourself mm-hmm. in a grateful way. You know, ultimately for us, we are grateful that God created us in his image and gave us all that we need to overcome the trauma, the shame, the pain. But then he invites us into co-laboring with him and Mm -hmm. others in the you to be able to come back out and say, oh, no, no, I have seen the evil and the enemy and the destruction. And I've said, hell no. Yeah. It's so good. And we're and we're alluding to this, but I really want to emphasize the contrast of how often when we start to go down into the places of grief and loss and sadness and anger and rage and lament, most of the people in our lives cannot bear that pain and they will feel compelled to try to pull us up and out. And we can acknowledge that that's that's good desire on their part, but that truly what we need at that point is to begin to allow ourselves to actually feel the sadness and feel the grief and to cry out with the anger or or whatever it is that comes up in us. The people around us will often try to pull us up and out because they cannot bear to see our pain. But we are very much needing to go through the you. And I just agree with you. Like it is so important to have somebody who can stand with you and be with you as you go through that. So as we close, I I want to invite our listeners that if you are resonating with what we're talking about here today, and if you know that you have stories of harm where there has been evil intent to mar your glory and that you have not started yet really going into the you and maybe you don't have somebody who can stand with you. I, I would encourage start seeking someone who can stand with you, whether that's a therapist or a story work coach or a story group, but find someone and then Begin writing the story of of one incident. It might have been something that lasted five minutes, but it somehow changed the course of your life. Just begin writing the story and get in touch with the particularities of what was happening in that moment. Who were the people that were there? What was the day like? What was the setting? Beginning to move toward our stories of harm is just so important and and it's hard work. It's not, this is the battle and this is the battle where we reclaim our glory and it's so worth it. Yes. And it is hard 
and it is good. Yeah, it's so true. Good conversation. Good to be with you again today. And um, we probably should talk a little bit more about this in future episodes. Yeah, I'm just feeling the heaviness for our listeners, but I know that this is what has changed your life and my life. So that's what we invite our listeners to. Yep. Love you, Cher. Love you too, friend. Thank you for listening to Processing Trauma Out Loud. Make sure to check out the show notes for links to suggested resources and social media. Like, subscribe, and follow to keep up with our weekly content. And if you don't mind, take a moment to rate and review us. Your feedback is extremely valuable and contributes to the success of this podcast. One last thing, if you have found this podcast helpful in any way, or if you have questions on how to take the next steps on your healing journey, please reach out to us via email at CandiceShare at gmail.com. That's K-A-N-D-A-C-E-S-H-E-R at gmail.com. Music was created by Kayla Paxton, and our sound engineer is Jeremiah Jones of Audit Story, LLC. We welcome you to join us for more conversations soon. Take care.